good morning and welcome to ASL's HR in 10. At 10. I'm Jason Perry. And I'm Kimberly Bradshaw. And we're here to bring you the latest news and updates of what's going on in the world of human resources and employment. So Kimberly, what's, what's caught your attention this week? What I thought was interesting is, given we've talked in previous weeks about the scarcity of applicants for recruitment mm. um, and that's been pushing salaries up, it was interesting to see um, a survey by, was it YouGov and Ranstead, that said one in four workers are willing to sacrifice pay to keep working flexibly. Indeed. Um, and, you know, you make a really good point because there are very significant labour shortages at the moment. And what we seem to have is so many people have re-evaluated their lives and decided they just don't want to work as they did before or they don't want the pressure they wanted before. But it also seems they want all the good that came out of um, uh, furlough or home working and they now want this to become the new normal. Um, mm. The Randstad survey, I think, I think it was 40%, wasn't it, was saying, um, and the precise, it was an odd number, I'm sure there's a pattern to this, but it was something like £1,963 they were prepared to lose, call it 2000 for round numbers, but they were prepared to be £2,000 worse off a year in order to keep that home working or that flexibility about how they worked, and money was no longer important. Yeah, I wonder if that also links to the, uh, you know, there's been this debate about people that don't commute to decrease their salaries. Um, you know, is that figure comparable to a, a commute and park type I, cost? I, I was about to question the cost of town centre parking now, isn't it? I, I, I think it's something like seven or eight pounds a day if you don't buy a season ticket, I think now. Um, but uh, I'm just thinking, and here's me working from home four days a week, so I don't actually know what it is to uh, yeah. pay for town centre park anymore. Now, it, it's a very fair point, and that could be a substantial part of it. But yeah, definitely. We. I, sorry, go on. I was going to say we we've actually just beginning to see um, a few people who are accepting um, job offers or not being offered what they said they needed. And we're beginning to see some patterns going on where the wages don't appear to be lifting perhaps quite as high as they started to. Mm. Yes, I can see that. And I'm aware of clients that have been recruiting and, you know, they've not had any problems. They've had, you know, quite successful. So it might be the type of work or, mm. or you know, something like that. But I do think the need for well-being and balance in one's life is uh, that's been generated, I think, is an interesting yes. one. I, I think, and I, I, you know, I've said so many times, probably on here and numerous other events, um, I think the impact of COVID has been as significant as something like the Second World War on changing people's values and their expectations as we come out of it. So I think we will see a big cultural shift. I think the pattern of work will change. And I suspect we've got probably about 18 months to 24 months while we kind of rebalance the economy and our expectations of how we want things to be. Yes, and I think that's also supported by the other um, statistic that was in that report that we were talking about, which was, was it 40% of people um, before the pandemic want, uh, valued their uh, 
working relationships and the social aspects, mm. whereas that's dropped to something like, I don't know, 19, 20% now? It was. And it, it was, I'm just scrolling down to the figures on my copy of it, it was 40% of the workforce thought that the social interaction, the friendships at work, was the most important thing about mm. work. That's um, right. Yes. And now only 19% regarded as that. So the whole kind of people contact that you would have had and the friendships and the uh, after work beer, whatever it is, has all gone. Um, mm. And uh, salary has dropped massively down that list too. It's interesting, yeah. isn't it? So where next, Jason? Shall we, while, while talking about that, shall we look at where you advertise for jobs? Because there's some interesting stuff. Um, I'm guessing you've seen what I'm talking about on Facebook advertising. And it, it's social media as a whole, but Facebook is the one that seems to be getting the blunt end of this, isn't it? Yes, uh, the potential risk of discrimination in one's recruitment Indeed. is the topic of the day. Indeed. Most people who... Uh, who browse things like Facebook is the obvious one, know that there are these targeted ads. And they're not necessarily obviously targeted. They might be because of your browsing history or because of your profile. Um, and what has come out in research is employers who are placing ads are very much targeting the stereotypical people for that and not having the diversity they might want to in a candidate attraction strategy. Yes, was it? I'm just looking at the stats. So it was 90%, 95% of those showing the adverts for a nursery nurse were women. Oh, yes. 96% of people showing an advert for a mechanic were men. Yes. Uh, what were some of the others? 75% was seeing the advert for a pilot were men. Yes. And psychologists, apparently. Apparently, psychologists are all women, which I didn't actually quite know. But 77% um, uh, of adverts for psychologists were seen by women. So what we've got is some very, very clear patterns going on as to where you advertise. And Facebook have been asked to uh, look at this. And um, I think it may take a little while to get some movement on is the reading. I'm very cautious of saying anything that might be deemed critical, but it, it, the suggestions are this isn't going to move fast. Um, and no, on the other side of that, you know, you and I are both aware of organisations who uh, use targeting to increase their diversity. Yes. So, for example, one company, their typical profile of employer employee is 20 to 30 male whereas they're trying to target women uh different mm. age groups specifically to improve their diversity yes that's always an interesting one to see it happening um and actually if you could work out the people who aren't applying to you who aren't generally in your workforce i guess if you can target those groups within a facebook advertising campaign you can attempt to rebalance it i haven't yet seen any statistics and we did try and pick up on this any statistics or um even anecdotal evidence to suggest these strategies are working yet but we do know of one or two employers that are doing this to try and reverse those trends mm. Yes, and I think it's a big wake-up call for all social media to, uh, you know, to stop that. But more importantly, to employers not to potentially mm. discriminate through their advertising on yes. social media. Yes, but I'm, 
I'm not actually sure how you reverse it because, and if you think most people are familiar certainly with, let's say, sites like Rightmove, I'll pick as an obvious one, you type your search criteria in and you see the houses that you might be interested in location, salary, size. Job boards are no different. So actually, if only men are searching for a particular job, let's go back to that mechanic one, then even on that point, you're not going to have a high degree, high degree of visibility to female applicants. So the problem may be wider than we think the moment we've got dynamic content. And this may just be a shift away from, uh, let's say, print media advertising. Yes, no, that's right. And certainly all the algorithms that go on in the background to all these social media things that decide what advertising, what suggested reading you get, that possibly needs to change where it comes to recruitment. Indeed, indeed. Shall, shall we move on? I think we've got room for one more subject before we wrap up for today. I, I saw some data come out that really caught my attention about um, changes of contracts during COVID. Oh, yes, the hire and fire. Indeed. And it, it somewhat surprised me. And, you know, you and I always talk about getting employer engagement right and getting you know, the whole employee relationships on a good, respectable level. But apparently one in 10 employers used hire and fire techniques to change contracts during the pandemic. It's a bit shocking, isn't it? It is. And actually, I think they should have called it fire and hire, not hire and fire. Indeed, in the wrong order. You know, if people weren't engaged and they weren't agreeing to the, the terms, they were basically losing their jobs yes. um, and being rehired on potentially less positive um, terms. Mm. So, the, you know, will this increase the potential risks of tribunals for people going forward? I don't yes. know. It, it, it's an interesting one because we've moved very, very rapidly from a point where we were almost in full employment and it was almost a candidate market pre-pandemic to a point of everybody screaming doom and gloom and predicting mass unemployment, which in the event didn't happen, back, you know, we flipped right back to I think there are now more people in work than there were pre-pandemic. So yeah. I guess in that middle period employers had the upper hand and some of them used it um, and I, I think the problem is employees will remember oh absolutely they will and you know if you want to build staff retention and engagement which as we know links highly to performance mm. then you've got to be seen to be doing the right thing be yes. supportive for your employees not using market forces to Basically, in effect, blackmail them into taking less favourable terms. Yes, and I, I, one of the favourite phrases I have is, you haven't just got to do the right thing, you've got to be seen to be doing the right thing. So actually the presentation of it is almost more important than getting it right because your people have to know you care as well as you actually caring. Absolutely. Yeah. I think on that note, we're about out of time. This has been HR in 10 and we've talked for 11. So, um, Kimberly, it's been lovely. We do hope you've enjoyed watching. Um, do click the uh, subscribe and follow us on YouTube and tune in again same time next week. But for now, see you next week. Bye bye. Bye bye. Thanks for watching.